0: Welcome to the Widely Optimized Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Torreya Rodriguez, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Evie Taftes. Both of us are functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, and we love working with women from all over the world through our virtual programs, helping women not only feel better, but actually achieve that vibrant, no-holds-barred version of themselves they've been missing for a long time. And how we actually get there Well, that is what this show is all about. Now, please keep in mind that this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. And if you like what you hear today, we would love for you to hit that follow button, leave a review in Apple podcast, share with your friends and keep coming back for more. Let's start today's adventure, shall we? Terea here. And have you noticed that the episodes are oddly numbered for the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast? Or maybe you haven't noticed, but maybe you're curious, where are the episodes that are evenly numbered? Well, the reason is we have this podcast which is a public podcast and we have a premium version of the podcast and in order to gain access to the premium version of the podcast it was requiring that you to participate in the optimized wellness community well the optimized wellness community just got a revamp and is now called the wellness curiosity collective and it has three different levels and the very basic level that includes the premium podcast also includes access to the community and the live chat that we have over there. It gives you access to our seasonal challenges as well as it gives you access to guest workshops where we invite teachers and instructors and experts to come in and teach workshops. There are two other levels for the Curiosity Collective and you can read about that in the show notes below. And you might want to check out the wellness enthusiast or the wellness adventurer levels to get you even deeper access and deeper access to certain kinds of experiential discounts that are all part of those different levels. But in order to get the premium podcast, the only level that is required for that is the Inquisitor level. And that is where you find the evenly numbered Episodes. So we hope that you will join us. We've got a lot of fun conversations that are on that pre- premium version of the podcast, as well as Evie and I kind of give you guys some insights to behind the scenes of what it's like to be a coach and what it's like in our world as well. So we really do foster even more of that sense of community on that level of podcast. We hope you'll join us. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a new episode for the Widely Optimized Wellness. Podcast and today, Evie and I are interviewing Kyle Vonderhaar. Kyle owns Midwest Red Light Therapy. Welcome, Kyle! Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess I'll just start off right up top saying that Evie has had a number of podcast episodes with Kyle, specifically about red light therapy. So we will be referring back to those for some of the basics. But I am really curious, Kyle, not many people go to school saying, hey, I want to own a red light therapy business when I grow up. So sure. I'm kind of curious, like, how did how did you fall into this space? And what got you into being really um, tuned in, so to speak? to light? Yeah.
1: yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it's a combination of two things. Uh, I think the first is having kids. And I think the second is uh sort of I guess a cool way to put it would be like a midlife crisis Um, right around turning forty, I uh I started, I guess, over exercising a little bit. And I, I think oh, subconsciously yeah, I was trying too. to be I was trying to prove to myself that I was in the best shape of my life. And I think that was a way of me just coping with getting older and I don't know. I figured if I was in great shape then I wouldn't be old or something. Um this was about <laughs> six or seven years ago, I guess was about when I was 38, 39, I, you know, I kind of started aspiring to get into uh, running. And then I did that, got into triathlons and, and just seeing how much endurance I could do, which I, at the time I thought was a great idea. Um, But real quickly, I noticed that uh, recovery was a pretty important part. Um, You couldn't just go out and run far or bike far, swim far every day without days that had recovery. So I just started looking in the different recovery modalities and this was before Wim Hof and, and all this stuff. It, it wasn't before him. It was just before he became popular. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I was, I was testing out all kinds of different things. And um, I don't, I can't remember exactly how it popped up, um, but I was in a lot of different forums and talking to different people. Um, blue blockers were, were popping up. And um, I found Dr. Jack Cruz in a lot of oh. um, searching uh, who's who's awesome. I mean, he he talks about light, about seafood, and and how it all connects together. And through him, I found red light therapy. And so yeah. you know, I, immediately I started saving money to buy one of these. And I was I had my goals set on buying a Juve because I thought that was the the pinnacle of them. You know, they had the full body panels. It's like twenty five hundred dollars or something at the time, which seems ridiculous now because the prices have come down a little bit. Uh, but the more research I did, I found out that Juve wasn't the solution that I wanted. I I didn't think it, um, it held up to the standards that I quickly learned of uh, through Jack Cruz and some of his, uh, you know, um, followers or um, I don't really know the right cronies, so to say. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> I just learned about it real quick from over-researching about it, um, just like yeah. I do about everything. I guess I tend to over-research stuff. and. Um, yeah, to fast forward to it, I um, I own another company, a sunglass company, and I've owned that for 13 years now, I think. Yeah, I started okay. in 2010. So I'm I'm used to dealing with manufacturers. So I just reached out to some manufacturers and said, here's exactly what I'm looking to make. And it I felt like what I was trying to produce was going to be a, a safer alternative to a Juve. Um, I guess to, to allude into that a little bit is just that uh, Juve, is known to have high flicker rates. Flickers where the light actually turns on and off. A lot of LEDs have flicker, uh, which is what, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to the hardware store, go to Home Depot and buy LED lights, some of the cheaper ones are just, it might not have anything to do with price, but some of them have real uh, bad flicker. So if you take a cell phone, put it on, uh, or I should say an iPhone, you put it on slow motion video, and you just film your light you're going to, and then play it back in slow motion, you're going to see it turn on and, on and off. And that yeah. is considered flicker. And that's real bad for a nervous system. Uh, our eyes don't detect it. or only, our eyes only see it at a certain f- uh, frame rate, which is, I think it's 38 uh, frames per second, somewhere around there. Don't quote me on that, but, um, yeah. but our cameras can, can film at a higher frame rate and then play it back to show us this flicker that does affect us. So that was something I didn't want. Um, In addition to that, uh, EMF is a a concern as you're standing real close to these lights. So I was able to get a manufacturer to make some. I talked to some of my family members and said, you guys want to chip in on this? You know, I'll I'll pay you back if it works. And it did. And uh, so it got real interesting because the first year here I am sitting with a bunch of lights and it's like, all right, who wants a red light? and they're like why would i want a red light it looks really bright (laughs) and yeah it seems pretty bright i don't know that i want it so i had i was faced with the challenge of trying to explain red light therapy to you know initially my friends and family because i figured if i couldn't sell it to my friends and family you know that who the heck am i selling this to uh which gave me a lot of time to practice you know what is it good for? Because you know, I'd show up with my dad and be like, "Hey, you know, this could work on your back. Your back's having problems. Your knees having problems." But he immediately was like, "This isn't going to work. You know, I don't want to do it." So I was faced with a lot of challenges, and that was the fun part. Because then you know, I I started researching more and trying to figure out the best ways to explain this to people. Uh, but that's well, that's great, kind of because I've got the some questions
0: that are of that nature of like, you know. <laughs> What am I going to feel? We get asked that a lot. Evie and I get asked that a lot. Like, what am I going to feel when I'm using a red light? What do people feel?
1: That's a great question. Yeah, I guess the first way to answer that is, well, what are you using it for? Or where are you shining the light? Um, Okay. Just a general answer. If I was to shine it on my back, um, a lot of people will claim that they feel a tingling Um, which is actually the light penetrating into our cells and affecting the mitochondria, um, which is the part of the cell that just creates energy. Um, The other thing that it can do for somebody who's got say an injured knee or shining it on the knee, they can feel the decrease in inflammation. So uh, one of the most common uses of our light is uh, things that end in itis. So something that would Mm -hmm. have any sort of inflammation Um like a rheumatoid arthritis is a real common one. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah, there's a ton of them. And everyone's dealing with inflammation these days. It's a very common thing. Uh, which I believe ties back, and I'm not a doctor, I just believe it, uh, that it ties back to more of our indoor living um environments that we're in. We're disconnected from, you know, touching the earth, we're disconnected from the 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 light rays, the photons from hitting us. Uh, we're disconnected from nature. So I think a lot yeah. of that just causes inflammation. Um, blue light can do the same, but you know I don't want to go down that rabbit hole fast just yet.
0: So. Yeah, I was going to say. But yet, that's you what don't...
1: you're going to feel. You're going to increase circulation, decrease inflammation, and then just it penetrating your skin to the mitochondria. You're going to feel this tingling, uh, but it's not intense. Um, some people claim that it's hot. Um, our lights are, are very powerful and they have built in fans in them the fans. Mm -hmm. uh, The purpose of it is to cool the light because it does heat up inside there. So it might feel a little warm, but it's not hot like a uh, like a a far infrared sauna or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, So on this podcast, specifically Wildly Optimized Wellness, we talk a lot about nature and the outdoors and free medicine and the things that really help our bodies heal and we've talked about light a lot from a lot of different people we've talked about full spectrum light we've talked about blue blockers we've talked about all sorts of things and so you know for somebody who gets outside a significant amount especially in the uh, sunrise sunset time is there a benefit for them having a red light and if so what is it
1: that's a great question yeah Um, I get a ton of questions and those are two really good ones. Uh, I don't know that I've received very much. Um, I do get people initially when I started this company asking that, but it was more in a negative way, more like, why do I need your product if I just go outside? And the short answer that I've always give them is a lot of the times we're treating things that you can't just have uh, shining uh, in your backyard or in your front yard. If you live in an apartment, let's say you work all the time. I mean, you can't take your shirt off and, you know, shine it on, you know, certain areas of your body. So it's, it, you're able to uh, not be naked in your backyard, I guess. Um, yeah. But the, the other quick answer is, I mean, my logo um, kind of defines um, why we need it more than other people. You live in California or, or didn't you say you live in California?
0: California yeah, and the Oregon.
1: sun's more prevalent there. It's yes, yeah. Um, we don't have the sun quite as much as California has it. Um, we get it about six months of the year. Uh, it starts kind of right now. I mean, we just last Monday and Tuesday was 43 degrees, uh, and right around sun sunrise. So, I mean, that was pretty cold, you know, and not to mention the rain and wind. So, we just can't get outside and we don't see the sun as much. So, um, That's one reason. The other reason is you're able to direct this into a part of your body, like your lower back, uh, which might be hard to, you know, to point at the sunrise, you know, kind (laughs) of doing one of these things. So it's definitely easier, more convenient. We're harnessing the light and uh, the two wavelengths that we have in our light. uh, One is red. It falls in the red spectrum and the other one falls in the near infrared. Uh the red is visible. So when you turn our lights on, that's pretty much what all you're seeing is the red spectrum. The near infrared is invisible to our eye and uh is more felt. It penetrates deeper as the red penetrates more on the 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 skin on the surface. Um so I feel like I just shot off on a tangent there, but um but either way, um uh, yeah, I don't know where else going with that one.
2: Well, Kyle, so I think it's, again, I think okay. that's a good point because we do have people who are like, oh, well, like I do get outside in the morning or, you know, what about the red light? And right, I guess there's two questions that we also get a lot of is yeah. one, we'll start with this one is what is, when is the best time of day to use the red light panel? Because some people are like, I feel better at night or like, should I do it at night or should I do it in the morning? So what's your general answer for someone of when they should be using it? And then I'll get into the next question.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um that's probably my most popular question. And, mm-hmm. uh, I always try to tell people it's when the sun is in the sky. So it, you don't necessarily want to use it before the sunrise. And I don't recommend it after the sunset, unless you're in some sort of pain. Um, and the examples I have of that is just, I, I know some people, um, family members specifically, when we first started doing this, always use the light during the day and then switch to, using it after sunset and it affected their sleep. Uh, I believe some people are more sensitive to bright light uh, of any color, you know, uh, mm-hmm. at certain times it throws off their circadian rhythm. Um, the sun at any point of the day produces around 40 some percent, 42 I think is, is the closest. So it's a low 40% is always infrared light. So it's, it's producing it at any time during the day. For us to to simulate that at a time when the sun is not in the sky would be kind of um, off. I mean, it would, it would just it could throw off our circadian rhythm, which the thing you would notice is your sleeps being affected the most. Personally, it doesn't bother me. Um, we've used it. All, we take it um, on beach trips, and I'll use it in the morning, um, even though I do go see the sunrise. And what I'm doing it for is to precondition the skin uh, so I don't get burned during the the stronger UV hours. And then in the evening, we come back, usually try to watch the sunset, you know, do dinner somewhere around there, hopefully before the sunset. And then in the evening, I'll use the red light again for any redness that my skin has received from the UV. Um, I'm not a huge fan of sunscreen unless it's, you know, mandatory, meaning we're out and we can't hide from the sun. Um, A good example would be like um, Christmas. Like we're we haven't seen the sun in months. Now we're in Florida, uh, you know, under the uh, six or seven UV index. So it's pretty hard. And we want to be on the beach all day. So it, we try to cover up, but sometimes we're forced to use sunscreen.
2: Right. Uh, but
1: it's, it's it's not my favorite thing. Um, but I'm not one of those people that like, you know, goes out of my way just because I'm against something to not use it. Uh, I try mm-hmm. to be realistic a little bit.
2: So uh, what about yeah, the red it, light? Oh, yep. Sorry, what about the red light is regarding the sunburn? Does that prevent it? Does that help heal a sunburn? Why do you use that when you're out in the sun?
1: Yes. Uh, so the, the term we kind of use is preconditioning the skin and what it, it we're supposed to be outside more. Obviously, we have these beautiful homes now and apartments. So we're we're missing the sunrise, going out and getting the sunrise. Uh, the the near infrared and the red light, that's that's more prominent, meaning there's less UV light up in the morning. Uh, it preconditions our skin to allow it to receive UV and I've tested this out. I've been really impressed by it. Um, it works better if you're not changing latitudes, you know what I mean? Like I, my example I was just going into is us in Ohio going down to Florida, which is, you know, almost tropical. So it's, that's harder to do. But if, if I was to use it here, um, and go out in my backyard and sit outside, you know, you won't get burned, um it just it prevents it it's really cool to see and then any any skin inflammation you might get you know skin turning red uh it looks like you might be headed toward a sunburn using it in the evening takes all that inflammation out and by the morning typically you're not red at all so it, it's pretty impressive you know that feeling when you go on vacation and you got you got a little burn and then you're laying in bed on top of the sheets and you're just on fire uh <laughs> the red light takes out that fire it's and fire yeah. is flame from inflammation so uh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool how it works i try to tell people about it but most people never buy the light for that purpose only uh they just don't ever think of that but i would never miss a, a beach trip without you know or never take a beach trip with without taking my red light with us and we've gotten a lot of new people to try it out you know and usually they they won't try it before the beach day it's after they get burned they're like all right i'll try it. and then they're pretty <laughs> impressed by how well it works and uh so you don't Kyle, have to be right up on the light i mean you a lot of people think you have to be almost touching this bright light and you get back an arm's distance it covers more of your body and it's better for skin if you're it to penetrate very far then you want to get closer to the light so got it but it's, it's Kyle, impressive how question. well it works with yeah
0: about uh my question has to do with the skin and the red light for skin. So somebody who has uh, dealt with repeated findings of basal cell carcinoma, is there anything that you've come across in the research in terms of red light therapy as a preventative measure for those kinds of skin cancers to show up? Have you seen anything?
1: Uh, I don't, not necessarily, no. Um, okay. Okay. Skin cancer is a pretty tr- tricky topic. Um, I feel yeah, I like there's a lot that goes in, just personally. Um, yeah. Um, we've experienced it through our families and such. And uh, I, I don't. I think the sun gets blamed a lot when it comes to cancer. But I, I don't know that necessarily that's, that's always it. And that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but to answer your question, no, I, I haven't researched too much with cancer and yeah, uh, preventative stuff from it. Yeah.
0: It'd be really interesting to uh, maybe do a study. And I'm not a scientist that has the means to be able to set this up, but to do a study of people who have been identified with precancer cells on their skin and do red light therapy yes. and see if they yes. get better or not um, without putting somebody at risk of like full blown cancer, like to the point where, you know, if it gets worse, you can just freeze it off or something. But anyway fascinating. Yeah, it's a
1: tricky, tricky topic. I, I try not to, to get into it too much, especially on podcasts, just because uh, the cancer world is a huge industry. I mean, it's a big mm-hmm. thing and it affects people emotionally and physically. And it's just a, it's a pretty intense yes, it topic. Um, but yeah. like I said, my, you know, my family's involved in it and I've got my theories on it. I, but by no means am I an expert on that. And, and to be honest, I don't know that I want to be an expert on cancer. Um, I like I like treating other things that uh, that have to do more with uh, getting back to um, a healthier state, physically and mentally.
0: Um, well, I think cancer you're- Cancer's just re- a, a
1: hard topic.
0: The, the work that you're doing and by introducing these kinds of therapies and being able to get more access to the light and the protons, like you mentioned, just like Evie and I are constantly asking people, go outside, like, please go outside. Put your bare feet in the grass, get some sunlight, all of these things. We're now starting to see a trend coming out um, that people are referring to all of these things as quantum biology. Great. We've got a new buzz term. Awesome. If it helps it take off, that's even better. But I think you're absolutely right. Like if we can build those foundations of health first, that will lead to less injuries, less, you know, overexed size induced injuries like i've been there with the over exercising not recovering properly thing um oh, yeah. you know and and really help people more in the long run providing these kinds of therapies than it would be in our traditional you know medical model which is let's let's
2: go fix it after it's really really bad yeah <laughs> right
1: absolutely yeah. well put yeah i like that yeah
2: that leads me to the next question which is um when someone is doing red light therapy how long should it like how long does it take for someone to be like oh this is working because I've had clients use you know get your lights and then get your panels and then they sit in front of it and they message me like I don't feel anything and I just did my first one and I'm like "Uh, that's not the way it works (laughs) so like how do you you know how what how long should people I guess and I guess it depends on what they're using it for but what is a reasonable expectation of you should notice a difference in this amount of time when using red light panels.
1: Yeah, so there's two quick ways I think I can answer that. One, I like I like to start off and and just explain uh, that light and and treating yourself with light should be thought of as as a diet or some sort of exercise uh, routine, and that you know you you don't eat a salad and then all of a sudden you've lost a lot of weight and your blood pressure is fine. Uh, and same with running. You don't go out and run for three miles and then all of a sudden you lost the weight and you're ready for a triathlon. So it's, it's something that, that needs to be incorporated into your daily or weekly routine for you to see uh, results. I mean, it, think about it from, you know, a vitamin D level. You don't just go out, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes, which would be a dose, you know, when the sun is high in the sky. And then your vitamin D levels are fine. So it's, that's one short way to explain it. The other way is kind of like you alluded to. It matters what you're treating. Um, something with inflammation, like we were referring to earlier, uh, like an arthritis or something, uh, some of those people will notice almost immediately that it's decreased the inflammation. They've got more uh, range of movement. Um, it's less swollen. Um, so you can notice that immediately. If you're trying to um, use it for, say, an anti-aging purpose, um, that's one that would take a little longer. I mean that that could take you know six, ten weeks of using it before you started noticing some decrease in wrinkles or, or the decrease in darkness and melasma or something like that. Uh, another one that would take a long time would be like hair re- regrowth. Um, if somebody's trying to regrow hair. Um, that could take, you know, six months. So that's a a much longer term one, but yeah, we've had people with back injuries use it and immediately respond and say, you know, this is unbelievable. Like I haven't found any treatment that helps like this. Um, you know, and sometimes there's not a lot of, a lot of treatments for back problems. So it's something that can penetrate in there. Another weird one that people, uh, notice somewhat fast is uh, treating their stomach, like their gut microbiome, something they would never think of shining light into. They didn't even think it would work. And then we come to find out there's all kinds of photoreceptors in our gut. Uh, That's a really good one. Another weird one, and I could go on and on, but I just want to name some of the the more interesting ones for me is their vision starts coming back. Uh, Like my mother-in-law went to see her ophthalmologist and they tested her eyes. And she changed prescriptions for the better. And she was like, that's crazy. And the doctor's like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. And she's like, well, I think it's this red light. You know, I don't stare directly into it, but I just have it on while I'm, you know, doing my hair or whatever. And all of a sudden, her eye, her vision's better. So um, there's just different things that uh, that are awesome to hear that don't take as long. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. That's a couple say, I could go on and on. but
2: Yeah. I will say with the vision. and. I thought I saw somewhere in the literature that it was mostly for people who are over 40 that they notice an improvement in their vision. I'm not over 40, but I went to the eye doctor last week and my my prescription in my right eye has improved. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. You know, so I'm like, okay, this is starting to get interesting to me because there's not much that I've done really for my eye health. Other than just sit in front of the light. So I'm like, there's got it. Maybe, maybe this is something for me too. I don't know. But I just thought that was interesting because I knew that it could help people with their vision. So I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm getting ahead of the game here and I'm getting the benefits of it, even though I'm not in that age bracket yet.
1: Yes, so that study you're referring to, they they noticed a distinction between people over 40 and under 40. But I don't know that that necessarily matters. Um, Mm -hmm. What I think it has a lot to do with is just balancing out the wavelengths that we're currently getting. Uh, And I think nowadays, people way younger than we ever thought are getting too much blue light. Blue light's Mm -hmm. a real high intense, high energy, has a lot of uh, power in it. Um, red light's way less power, powerful, and that's why it's so safe for us. But mm. the combination of red and blue is what balances out uh, and, and and is balanced out by the sun in nature. So a lot of these kids, you know, because of school and because of their hobbies and they're, they're into games, they're using a lot more blue-dominant uh, light. So balancing it out with red light can help somebody like that. Whereas the study that just took place, people who are over 40, they didn't grow up, you know, with LED lit screens in their face, you know, six, seven inches from their eyes. So um, that's just my theory. I haven't tested it, but I I, I do believe, you know, as we're getting in the, as the youth is getting older, I think everybody can benefit from red light. And that's that's one thing we've started doing in the handful of last couple of years is selling light bulbs that have uh, red and orange wavelengths in it. Um, And I started it out for circadian rhythm purposes. But then the more that it's kind of caught on, people are enjoying it and they feel like it's more soothing on their eyes when they're reading at night. You know, they don't feel the eye strain. They're not as tired. Uh, it's more relaxing it allows them to go to sleep so um, that's what's been really cool um, is people using red light but not from a therapy standpoint using it more just incorporating that color into their light a little more because you know if you go and buy new light bulbs at the hardware store or at home depot or one of these big box stores and you don't know much about light you're going to probably buy the wrong ones and then that's going to have a big impact on your health people just don't know that. Um so I've I've had a lot of fun trying to incorporate just different colored light into people's daily lives. It's uh, it's been pretty cool.
0: Well, I love what you were saying about the um fatigue and the eye strain because you know my I've been wearing reading correction for a while now and um my husband just recently had to go get some reading correction and um he's he's a scientist so he like dives super deep on this stuff. And what he found is there's a prototype device that is being developed in Japan, where it is asking people to uh, refocus their eyes and practice, right? And what we're finding now with reading glasses, and what happens when we are over 40, um, is that it's more of a muscular fatigue issue. So you're kind of spot on, Kyle, if you're saying, you know, hey, we're getting too much of that blue light wavelengths and screens in our face all the time and artificial light all the time. Our eyes have to focus in a particular manner and they're probably getting over fatigued, which is what's causing this to happen. And so with the red light, it's asking us to focus in a different manner. Right. And so it could be related. I don't know. It could also be a lot to do with the light, given that we have, I don't know how many uh, photon and light receptors in the eyeballs. Um, and yes. it's activating different circuits and neurological circuits. So, you know, it's probably a combination of those things. But it's really lovely to hear you have collected some anecdotal evidence with your lights in terms of people using it and their, their prescriptions are changing. So I know I'm going to be at the light for six to ten weeks to see if I can't improve this thing going on. So,
1: yes. Thank you. Yeah you, yeah, you said something there that kind of sparked a thought. Um, when I first started doing this, a lot of the uh, evidence that I guess I, I tried to relay to people was from studies and tests. I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of the gold standard uh, for explaining to people that this has benefits. But now that I've been doing this and selling these, and communicating with customers for the last, I think, five and a half, six years, um, hearing their stories and how it affected them and their family. To me, is is way more valuable, to you know what the power of this this therapy is, uh, and it blows my mind um, hearing some of the stories and how it's affected people, and, and it's made me kind of stop, uh, not totally stop, but reduce the amount of reading of studies that I've been doing because to me it just it feels a little disconnected with them with our product. It, talking to the customers has been amazing. That's something I've tried to do in the last year is to uh, anybody who types in one of these general questions, you know, emails me, not everybody, because I can't do everybody, but some of them, I can just feel like this person would benefit from a phone call. So I've been reaching out to a lot of these customers or even potential customers and answering questions on the phone. And typically we talk for about 30 or 40 minutes. And by the time we get off, they have such a better understanding of what they could be getting into, or, you know, what the dangers are. And, and, you know, I I just keep thinking back to when I was, you know, 39, and I was training for this triathlon, and I wanted to buy one of these lights, how much I would have loved to been able to talk to somebody like me, who's got years of experience talking to customers, you know, and and family members and people using these for all different reasons, from, you know, uh, stroke recovery, to, you know, trying to, run the fastest 100 meter, you know, in high school, you know, it's just such a wide gamut of people that we've talked to. A lot of people that are going into surgery will buy these lights to prepare for surgery. And, you know, we often hear the, the doctor saying back to this, this patient, or in my case, the customer saying, you know, that was one of the fastest recoveries we've seen from that surgery. So it's just all kinds of crazy yeah, it's anecdotal stuff, but it's, to me, that stuff's gold, you know, being able to hear it. Uh, and it makes me feel like I'm really doing something worthy, which is, you know, completely opposite of my other job, which is to sell sunglasses, yeah. which I love doing. And it makes people look beautiful, but it's just, it's not giving me that same feeling that I get when I hear somebody saying, you know, this is helping my mom or is this helping my dad yeah. or, you know, it's helping my kid or whatever. So transformation been, is been the a name cool little again. journey. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, absolutely.
0: I would love to kind of dive a little bit deeper. You kind of threw it out there a little casually when we were talking about benefits and what you would feel ap- after a certain amount of time. Say more about the light receptors in the gut and the effect on the gut microbiome because people who come to see Evie and myself work very commonly looking at their gut microbiome in detail down to the species. And can see this a lot where people have what we call a dysbiotic gut. So things are out of balance. But more importantly, what's missing are keystone species. And keystone species are defined as those that have a huge leverage on optimal health. But a lot of those keystone species are not available in a supplement capsule. So you can't take them. So we have to naturally grow them back. Say a little bit more and, and teach us if you would. How is light helping us with that effort?
1: Um, I don't know that I want to get too far into it. It, it gets pretty <laughs> technical, and I do want to say that I'm not an expert on it. Um, I have um, affiliates that that go into this more, you know, deeper than me. Um, I've just learned that it has a big benefit, and honestly, I I knew it all along. I supposed it. Uh, my gut. I'd, the only times I ever had problem were in the winter, which I always found interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so there was a lot of connections that were made all kind of at the same time. And I've listened to Jack Cruz go on and on about it. Uh, he's he's actually got one specific podcast that that refers to, I believe that's all he talks about in it. And it's, it's very overwhelming to me. Uh, a lot of the podcasts that I get into and I dive into, you know, not always with red light, but any of them uh they can get pretty heavy and I can understand it but I can't always take that understanding and then explain it to somebody else um and and that's fine with me like I don't have to be the professor of a lot of the things that I um I advocate for uh, I'm fine with that um but getting back to your question um there's a huge connection and you're right it, it's not always the it's not always the food we eat I think a lot of people they make that connection that that's unnecessary that, well, you know, and cause I've gone down that route, you know, thinking that, well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's that, maybe I'll you know, eliminate this. And you hear stories of going on all these crazy elimination diets. And sometimes people are just going down the wrong rabbit hole. Um, I think Agreed. sometimes when you change your environment and an environment includes light, obviously, but once you, you change your environment, things change for itself. And, uh, light is definitely part of the environment, um, getting outside in nature and exposing ourselves to different, you know, uh, bacteria and, you know, different things, um, things that are alive, you know, getting out of the sterile house environment, uh, I think changes everything. So yeah, it, people will buy our lights specifically the smallest one and shine it directly on their stomach and then, uh, notice relatively quickly that you know things are different with their stomach so it's that's amazing but that's the type of thing I can say to you you get it both you guys get it but mm-hmm. I could say that to a family member or or even more importantly a friend and the friend would be like I don't I'm not falling for that you know like, that doesn't make any sense and I usually just leave it at that you know like okay well I'm not gonna push you into something or try to sell you on it I'm just trying to open the door for you, you got to walk through it. And I'm fine with that. Um, I think I was pushier when I first started this company. And now I'm just kind of like, I'll throw it out there. If it's, you know, if it, if you want it bad enough, you'll, you'll walk through that door, but I'm not going to try to push you through that door. So
0: fabulous, fabulous. I think, you know, most people are going to find it and stumble upon it in their own time. And Evie and I find this too, with our clients, we can talk all day long about one aspect of health that we think is really important. And that client two years later comes back to us and they're like, can you believe this red light thing? I yeah. just found out about it. And we're like, wait, yeah. we've been talking about it for years. What is happening here? But everybody yep. just takes on that information in their own time. Kyle, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and talking to us. We could definitely go deep on a couple of different topics. Um, yeah, my Where question. can Thanks people find you? Like, how do they find out more about some of the podcasts you've been on? Are you on Instagram? Where can people find out more about that? And more importantly, how can they get their hands on one of these red light devices for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I guess I wanted to say for to answer your question, there is uh, Midwest Red Light Therapy. And that's on Instagram and um, online on the website would be dot com. So Midwest Red Light Therapy dot com. Um, I've kind of stopped using Facebook. Um, I don't really know why I just don't feel like doing it. Um, Instagram, there's a lot of people there and it's kind of fun. Uh, I'm a little bit in the burnout phase on it, but I think there's some beautiful people there and some beautiful ideas. I feel like it's just kind of get crowded out with some of the negativity, which just, I don't really want to surround myself around. So, uh, kind of went down a tangent on that one, but, um, yeah, no, I, I love Instagram. I, I've, I've found some really cool people um, and made some really cool connections. But the thing I wanted to say is, uh, and I alluded to earlier, is I want people to reach out. Um, I'd like to connect with them and explain some of this to them. I understand this, this can be a tricky topic. Um, some of the lights that we have are expensive. So it is an investment. And I would like them, even if they don't buy from us, to, to get some information. Um, rather than trying to read it all online, it, it can get pretty tricky. Um, not so much red light, but anything you read about online, you can find two perspectives of it that kind of contradict it. You can, you know, eating spaghetti's good, eating spaghetti's bad. I mean, it you can literally find two takes on everything online. Yeah. And uh, the weird thing about red light therapy is there's no one talking negatively about it, and it, that's a really interesting thing I had to bring up. Because I'm, I've always kind of waited for that to happen, you know, like where people are saying, "Oh, this is harmful" or this and that, and then I can say, "Well, we've been using it safely for years," you know. But no one's saying anything negative about it. Uh, But if anybody wants to know more about it, if it would help them, or if it might help them, um, I would love for them to to ask me a question. And uh, and if they want, we could talk on the phone. That's something that I want to do until I can't do anymore. Uh, You know, maybe there's too much. too much demand for it, but right now I love communicating with my potential customers or customers and trying to help them through this journey uh, of getting outside more and, and exposing ourselves to different wavelengths of light.
0: And is the best way to do that uh, using the contact form on your website?
1: Yes, yeah, most people do. Yeah, fabulous, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. We really
1: appreciate. Yes. It.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the wildly optimized wellness podcast. If you are ready to dig deeper into your health, stop playing the wackest symptom game, start testing to get better guidance. You can find more about Terea at terearodriguez.com And you can find Evie at HolisticallyRestored.com. Want to peek into what it's like to work with us? Come join us at our optimized wellness community. You can find the invitation link in the show notes below. And if you have a question for the show, you can submit your question under the podcast section of ToreaRodriguez.com. Finally, if you found something helpful in this episode, don't forget to leave a review, hit that follow button, or share it with a friend. They're going to love that you thought of them. Until next time, see you outside.